down in front. Everybody and welcome to another installment. Installment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so installment, because we're old. <laughs> That's what we should say. Oh, Hello, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Bogies and Films, where we get together and we talk about a movie that we all watched over the last week or two, uh, suggested by one of our panel members, and we just have an open discussion of what we think of the movie. And uh, we play a little game called Recast with it, and then we'll provide our final ratings for the movie. Um, this week's movie is called Jennifer's Body, and it was selected by Eric. So I'll hand it over to Eric to give us a high-level summary or description of what the movie is about. All right. Hi, everybody. Um, as everyone on the call already knows, Jennifer's Body is a 2009 horror movie. Um, but apparently the the writer uh, did not intend it to be a horror movie. Take that for what you will. <laughs> uh, but it is about a, two best friends in high school who are very different. And uh, one of them, who is already very popular and maybe a little dangerous, uh, becomes possessed by a demon. And it makes it, her acts in even bigger crazier ways uh, through the course of the film. And her best friend uh, tries to help her, uh, tries to protect people from her throughout it, uh, but is ultimately uh, unsuccessful uh, and uh, loses someone she cares about very much. And the ending is where she decides to just kill Jennifer. Uh, and uh, that uh, takes us back around to the beginning of the movie where we discover that she's in jail for having done that, uh, but not everything is as it seems. Uh, and that those are the basics. Uh, I don't think we need to get any more details because I'm sure we'll discuss as usual particular scenes and, and themes and um, basically talk about the entire thing uh, through the course of the discussion. So. I guess for me, um, I can go ahead and start and say, uh, I'd, I'd put this off for quite some time, but uh, you know, I watch a lot of horror movies and I'm involved in that community a little bit. And so I had constantly over the years been hearing people talk about this movie. Um, some people saying they thought it was really terrible. Other people saying it's actually a new classic and that it has um, a lot of deeper meanings uh, and a lot of things to unpack which I would agree with. I loved it. And I think there's a lot to discuss. And it's certainly not your typical horror movie uh, or typical of any genre, what, whatever the genre was intended to be in the first place. Um, I guess, uh, you know, if you didn't know it was written by Diablo Cody, you might recognize that name, but you've probably seen the movie Juno. And that's, uh, that's one of her biggest claims to fame. Um, so uh, what else, what else? And of course, as you probably picked up on when you were watching it, it stars a whole lot of people, a whole lot of recognizable faces, um, most of whom were not quite famous when they made this, but have since become big deals. Uh, and that's also a very interesting 
thing to see when you're watching it. Uh, and I think that's all I have to say about it now. Um, and I'll let Fahad choose the first person to let us know their general thoughts about it after having watched it. Sounds good. I did have one quick question though. Did this movie come out before or after Juno? Uh, ooh, I just looked it up. I think it was after. Uh, and I have one more question. Was this before okay. or after Mean Girls? After Mean Girls. Okay. Let's see. Mean Girls was like 2004 or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Or 2004. Mean Girls. Okay. So Amanda Seyfried was already known. And Juno was a 2007 film. So this was actually two years after that. Okay. okay. That's interesting that this was a follow up to her big claim to fame. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was curious about. Okay. It, it's, a, it's a bold move to make, right? When you're already sort of well-known for your screenwriting skills to do a movie of this that's, I guess you could say this wasn't as marketable maybe as they probably thought it was. And I wonder if they were relying on star power of the two leads, like hoping that people will just go see, hey, it's Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried, but. But were either of them famous at that point? I think Megan Fox had been in the Transformers movies at this point, right? And Amanda Seyfried had been in Big Love and um, Mean Girls. Yeah. And Mama Mia was Mama Mia was what? Two, or was Mama Mia two thousand eight something like that? Transformers was two thousand seven. And she was in two Transformers by that point. And yeah, another Transformers came out in two thousand nine. The yeah. same. This Mama Mia was what two thousand eight or two thousand nine? Let's see. Uh -huh. Mama Mia was two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. So they both had their some big movies prior to this movie. Yeah. I still feel like they weren't that big yet. I feel like Megan Fox was bigger than Amanda Seyfried was. Because Amanda, I mean, yeah. Megan Fox was big as the hot girl, you know, not necessarily big as a like the movie star, but she was like the hot girl at that time. Yeah. Yeah. In this movie. Is it bad that I kept on looking for her thumbs? Because they always say that her thumbs look like big toes. I can't. Like, <laughs> they say that instead of a thumb, it looks like she has two big thumb, oh. two big toes. Now I have her, to go back and watch that. Hand. If you look <laughs> at pictures, you'll see it. Um, and I'd like to edit that part out because that's very mean of me to say about her. I think we should be honest about who you are, Fahad. I'm gonna leave it. Mean, mean, judgmental person. <laughs> before, before uh, Fahad picks someone to to start. I also wanted to ask, I didn't realize till I'd finished this movie that there are two versions. One is unrated and I did not watch the unrated version and I was really annoyed by that after I was finished. So I'm curious if you guys know which version you saw. Um, I don't know, I just watched the one on Amazon Prime. They're both on there. There are two versions on, say, on Amazon Prime. Uh, I don't even know which one I watched. I just saw it come up and I just, Take it, whatever one it was. Uh, there's a five minute difference, I guess. And um, I, I think it's not a bit more different. Sex. But uh, no, I don't think there is more more sex or nudity or even gore and stuff. I heard there's there's a few there's a few more funnier lines. Um, some people claim that the story works better with that extra five minutes. Mm. I don't know how five minutes could really affect that. Uh, but so I, I really don't know. I looked it up trying to find out what the differences were and it wasn't very clear to me. So uh, someday uh, if I ever watch it again, I'm gonna watch the unrated and find out. Um, I suppose one of us could uh, 
raise something during the discussion and the others will not know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched the uncut version, but I, I don't know what was extra in it because it's not like they say yeah. this is not in the original <laughs> subtitle or something. Disclaimer. Um, but yeah, so let's go around and see what other folks think. Um, so I'm going to just go in my little roundabout way that I see everybody here. And that means Shelly. Oh, I get to go first. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, I, there were some things I liked about it. There were a lot of things I did not like about it. I, this movie is based on a true story. Obviously, this is a lot different than the real story. But <laughs> if I can, I'll, I went and listened again to um, one of the podcasts about the, the story that this is based off again yesterday. So it is based off of a girl who gets murdered by some guys that are, they're actually friends and they're in a band. The band's name is, is Hatred. And they think that if they sacrifice a virgin, then they will become like big stars. So that parallels it. So I had some feelings about that. I thought, I think I kind of felt for this girl and in, in the story that this is based off of. I felt because she is our age. Um, or would have been our age if our age if she had not died. So I thought, I wonder what her family thinks about this movie. And I never really had thought about that before. I know there are lots of movies based off of um, true stories, but this is such like a morbid story, you know. And it's it's just so I was wondering what um, her siblings thought, or you know. Anyway. Um, I thought that the dialogue, the dialogue drove me crazy. I think that, um, and I'm also super sensitive about like the R word and, and special ed jokes. And so those bothered me. Um, I just thought that they could have used, they could have used different way. I don't really think that kids talk to each other that way, or at least I never threw that insult around. And I haven't heard many teenagers use those words and maybe it's showing that it has, maybe we've evolved as a culture in the past. When was this made? 2008. So it bothered me. And then I didn't understand the, um, why the girls had to make out. Like what, what did that add to the story? Um, I just didn't understand that. Um, let me see, I made a list. I didn't, oh, this drives me crazy. I am sorry, but why is she a nerd because she wears glasses? She's a beautiful <laughs> girl. She dresses. <laughs> why was she a nerd? It was another, they did that in, in another movie. I forget what it was. She's where they, um, yes. So <laughs> she have every movie where nerds are featured. Uh, and then um, they yeah. always do this as well. Hmm. Uh, that they make, I don't know. I missed you all talking about this, but that they were, um, they're like 24. I looked up their ages. They were 24 and actually her, Amanda's boyfriend in the movie, um, Chip, he was 23. So they were all, he, even though he looked younger, but anyway, they always do that. They make them look more um, mature, more old, right? That, than they really are. So that always takes me out of it. But then, I, then you also think, I don't know, do you think that in movies, 
that they do that because if they really had 15 and 16 year olds having sex in movies that we would feel weird about it you know yeah. I mean, if you, that 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 has to be it I but, think they're not allowed to do certain things yeah so that them was, underage. It, it's just that bothered me so but what I did like I loved the acting I love Amanda Seyfried I can mm. never say your last name correctly. I love her, Amanda S. And I love Megan Fox. I think she's a good, she, I think she did a great job. Like she really was hateable. She came across very hateable. And I absolutely loved the ending. The ending made up for a lot of the things that I didn't like. But I thought that the um, ending when she broke out of jail and went to go get revenge, I thought that was great. So there were a lot of things I didn't like, but there were some things I did like. So it was worth watching for sure. Awesome. Thank you, Shelly. Takia. Sorry, I had having Cam behind me, I have to divide my attention sometimes. So I um yeah, I uh it's funny, I hear the title of the movie. I'm I'm thinking this is gonna be what a really cheap movie at first. I I I, I knew it'd be fun that I love the horror movies like, like, like Eric does. Uh, both of the horror movies, but then I was kind of like the title, I guess, sounds has a bit of a cheese sounding to it. I don't know what you guys think about like you know, Jennifer's body. Like, what is, you know? So, um, watching it, oh, I actually kind of like this as as time went on. Like, oh, this is a, this is such a prequel. Um, yeah, I, I like the dialogue. The actors just did pretty really good. Um, I like the horror stuff. That was I love. Yeah, monsters and vampires and all those things. I, I kind of I, I enjoyed that. Um, Oh, I like the friendship of the nerd. Doesn't she the nerd and the popular girl? Like, and I always think in real life, does that actually happen? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, I like I, I always wonder about those those like the, the friendship with the nerd and the popular girl in real life. Would that really happen? I I, I my opinion, I don't think so. Maybe in some instances, but just I, I just know how kids are working. I'm working work with teenagers a lot in my in my life. Um, I taught them and all. Usually the popular hangs the popular crowd of nerds hang the nerds. But I do like the the kind of the bringing them together um, as friends in this movie. Like what if, you know, the popular girls was with, with someone nerdy. I know they've done that with other movies as well. I was trying to think of some other ones where they um, don't come, come to mind, but probably why you guys are <laughs> talking. Um, but yeah. Um, and then I was reading some of the commentary. I thought it was kind of interesting with the... Uh, that what the, the writer was saying about the feminine the feminist type of like well the idea of like um a girl centered movie she's the one that's doing the killing versus all the other movies that the focus on the males as the killer like jason and freddie and michael myers so it's kind of going to have a a girl as a as a um what's the villain uh, i guess the villain yes the thank you i was looking for the word yeah. villain yeah that's kind of cool um i do with shelly i don't think the um the kissing scene was necessary like with that just being thrown in to to say that we're, um, I guess, get gay friendly. What what was that about? Like, was that necessary? I didn't find it necessary either. So I would be with Shelly on that one. But um, yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah. I um, I liked it. I had good, good jump scares from everything. So <laughs> that's my commentary on it. Yeah. Thank you, Takia. Uh, Ruth. Um, let's see, I'm trying to figure out right. Well, one thing I thought was kind of interesting as a Amanda Seyfried, well, when they started flying, <laughs> I was like, whoa. They weren't flying, they were hovering. Hovering, <laughs> it's not that impressive. <laughs> um, to quote Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> well, I I was going to say, yeah, I, um, 
Megan Fox did do a good job of being like the hateable character because she really annoyed me. But I thought some of the jokes were funny, but then I felt like something about I felt like they were just kind of random in the moment. I felt like what they said it was funny, but I, I just was kind of like, I don't know. It just felt like it didn't really gel well together. Um, I can't think of any specific jokes, but I know some of the stuff was funny that they're saying. Um was I gonna say I was happy that I mean I knew I had some gore and y'all know I have kind of problem with the possession and the with religion and stuff like that, but it wasn't it was more of on like a lighter take. So of course it wasn't, you know what I mean, like a big deal like that. Um I thought as far as when they went to the um bar for that concert, um, I know the guy that's a lead singer, he had I know he had guest started like in Gilmore Girls at first to play Lane's boyfriend and I just thought they could have picked a guy that was a lot more badass if they wanted to have something like that. Well, you're welcome to later. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'll let, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll keep that open for you, Eric, but um, <laughs> um if you want, if you I want. Think, I think Eric meant as your recast. Yeah, your recast. Oh, well, I was just throwing that out there. Um, I loved that Amy Sedaris was Amanda's. That was so strange. That was strange. But she was, but she was great. Like it, I, I, I was waiting her. for her to be a little too funny, but she wasn't. She was like, nope. she seemed like a trashy mom. I was like, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then it was, it was a small role, though. It was like kind of a blink and you'll miss it. Right. Well, then I miss that. You get to see how Amanda's, well, her character, like having her mom with her upbringing, but you don't really get to see Megan Fox with hers. As far as like, if there was a way that kind of led her to act the way she does or I know some kids just can kind of just end up being like that anyways if there was some kind of background with how her family already was or something like I guess like that um some of the parts where like it it made it seem like um well Amanda like part of it maybe they make it seem like she's like she's not as brave at first as she is later she lets um Megan Fox's character kind of push her around but when you see her about how she watches her dance and stuff at the school, it makes me think that um, she might have really been into her in a way, too. So not to say necessarily that the kissing scene was necessary either, but maybe the girl felt like, well, Megan Fox's character felt like maybe in that situation because she's seducing the guys, that that's a way maybe she could seduce her if she wanted to kill her, I guess. I don't I don't know. But her boyfriend, Amanda's boyfriend, should have listened to her. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't want him to die because he looks like a little baby. <laughs> it was a little too easy for Megan Fox's character to convince him that yeah. Amanda's character is cheating on him, considering how good of a girl Amanda's character is. Yeah. Like, like I think you, you're just believing it because you want to believe it because you might want yeah. to get with Megan. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was that or if she had some kind of, um, I can't think of the word, hypnotizing him. Right, like some sure. kind of power to lure people in like a way that he couldn't control how much of it did he control and how much he didn't control like i think um i mean teenage girls in real life are capable of this a little bit but it's certainly in films uh the the type of teenage girl that megan fox is playing are usually the ones that are really good at finding an insecurity and zeroing in on it right and so sure. she she's noticed that um chip uh, already has a little bit of an insecurity about his girlfriend's friendship with that boy so I think that made it very easy. I think he was already worried about that. And so when she said it, he was like, I knew it. You know, I, I, I thought they were too close. They're, they've been too friendly. I don't like it. So I think he was just ready to believe that 
um, because she'd been acting strange and she just broke up with him. And he probably thinks, oh, she's made up all this nonsense because she wants to be with this guy uh, and she's been cheating on me. I, I think it was just easy for him to believe that that was true because he was not in a good mood. Oh, and one other random thought. So when Megan Fox is on the football field and it's the guy's best friend that dies or something like that and she lures him into the woods, um, I get the reason when she was in that abandoned house by the like more of like bad like little type animals you would think of like rats and stuff but why was i mean i get maybe they felt some kind of presence but why are sweet like little animals hovering around <laughs> hovering around rabbits looking. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> well i don't think nature determined which ones are the sweet ones and the evil ones i think it's yeah. like humans that kind of said ew rats oh bunnies yeah no because the deer you know it's cute and made me think of bambi and i, just, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> You would think that they would all uh, evacuate the forest yeah. when a demon walks into it, but maybe. I was, yeah, I was like, why are they just standing, just standing there, and then around something that I feel like animals can pick up on evil. I mean, I know people can too, but it's different for animals in a different way. Some kind of presence look like that, and kind of feel like that they know something's wrong, like when they want to get away from like something like that, because they would know it was a predator, especially for some some of the types of animals that. There are well, more chances just to run, I guess. Maybe uh, you were right when you said that she has some sort of low-level allure because she's possessed. Yeah. Maybe even the animals were like drawn to whatever this moment was that she was eating yeah. in the in the forest. That's um, true. She drank love potion number was it nine? It was nine. nine. <laughs> she <laughs> drank love potion number nine. I don't know what one through eight did, but nine was the one that worked. So that was a. <laughs> Did anybody else see that movie? I love Love Potion number nine. I don't know the song. Tate Donovan and was it Sandra Bullock? Yes. It was Sandra Bullock. Wow. Yes, it was. I never heard of it. A pre-speed <laughs> okay. Sandra Bullock? Yes, I believe right? so. Yep. And yeah. A very cute movie. He drinks Love Potion number nine and all these girls are like after him and stuff. I mean, there's more to it than that, but. Oh. Well, she drinks it too and all the boys are after her. Takiya, choose that as your movie for the next viewing. Yeah. <laughs> or I've got a couple in place already. But okay. I was going to say about the uh, the prom scene, the, oh, the spring dance scene. Um, I'm sorry, were you finished, Ruth? I was just going to say one more thing. Um, as far as, uh, like, how they had the, I forgot what song it was towards the end. Uh, or maybe it was um, Courtney Love saying that song. How about the guys got what they really wanted, but then in the end it, you know, karma bit them in the ass, of course, really bad and stuff like that. So well, that that's a good that's a good moment to add. Sorry. Yeah. Shelly. That song is called Violet. That the, the, oh, the Violet, yeah. Oh song that lived through this album. I got very excited yeah. to start playing, but I like um, that song. I like that song. <laughs> it's a good moment to mention if you didn't look it up, because I Takia had talked about it a little bit, but then the name of the movie, Jennifer's Body, that's actually also a track on that whole album. So, oh, really? so the movie was named after that song, but weirdly, I don't think they used the song at all in the soundtrack. Good because that'd be too on the nose, probably. And yeah. Takia, to your comment about you know the title Jennifer's Body is kind of hokey, but if you think about it, like the character of Jennifer, she died pretty much, and this mm -hmm. demon is possessing her body. So the movie's about Jennifer's body. That makes I like that. Maybe it makes it even more um, like I can take it seriously. Like yeah. you, 
But before, it's I feel not like, like ooh, she's hot. It's Jennifer's body. It's no, it's Jennifer's body that's possessed. It's possessed, right? I didn't think it's kind of a clever title, actually. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way either. It just felt like you were like seeing like really cheesy B movie titles, like uh, uh, I don't know, Satan's Toilet or something. <laughs> no, seriously, no, like those B C movies had those titles, and that's why to me, Jennifer's body. I'm like, I hope this is gonna be like a pretty good horror movie. I know it's not gonna be like A plus horror, but I thought I was hoping it'd be. So anyway, I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. Yeah. Um, one thing about the, the dance scene, I love horror dance um, scenes. I don't know, they're, they're since, ever since watching Carrie and all. So, plus I've been, I, I love dances. <laughs> so um, anyway, I was, would you guys, were you guys thinking, I was, I was thinking something was going to happen with, when that, um, the band came back. Were they going to possess everybody in there or something? I thought something big was going to happen. So I was hoping to see that, but then again, it was okay. it's okay that it didn't, didn't happen, but what'd you guys think? Like, yeah, I think people... that at that point, they didn't need to because they had already done the, the sacrifice and gotten famous. So they already are getting the benefits of killing Jennifer. So at this point, they're, you know, they're good to go. They don't need to kill anymore. But I did think, I did expect Jennifer to show up to the dance and take out the band. That's what I thought. Yeah, something. I like thought that. that would be an interesting full circle. The band killed her to get this this fame and success, but then the demon that took Jennifer's body comes. They probably. I also wanted them to to realize that Jennifer wasn't dead technically. That would have been. She cool. is, but but they thought they left her for dead, right? I think I th it would have been really interesting to see their faces when they see her walk yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. Um. But the band being there wasn't that a surprise to the student body. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that's why Jennifer probably didn't know that they were there, and well, she was the demon knows, does it not? Ooh, now it makes me sure the demon knows. This was after or before Juno? I'm sorry, what'd you say? Because this was after Juno. Juno's dad. Oh yeah, he because he was a teacher. I forgot about he's that. Simmons. He's been in a lot of movies. Yeah, he's been in a lot, of and he's been Oscar nominated lately too. Yeah. Like he's like a big deal. Okay, so when they're in in the um when the guys were performing at that bar or whatever, the um how did they set the amp on fire? Is that what it was or something? I was confused. It it did seem like they started that disaster, but that was a bit confusing to me too. I, I thought that um I mean, Seyfried started it. I I even thought maybe Jennifer started it or just Satan started it because he wanted to help this band make this deal with the devil. He's um, who knows? <laughs> okay. But yeah, I, I just not sure if there's happened. something I missed or something like that. Because it, it did seem more like the bands may have done it because they didn't seem too concerned about it. They, yeah. they were like, like, hey, look what's happening. And then they just sort of walk out of the building like it's no big deal. And they're like, hey, can't get in our van. No big deal. Everyone's dying inside and the whole place is on fire. And they left yeah. all their stuff. I assume all of their equipment burned up. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'll go ahead and give my take on this movie. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it wasn't like I wasn't gaga over it, like, you know, Scream or something like that. But I enjoyed it. It was a fun movie. Um, I thought the acting was good. Like Shelly said, I enjoy everything Amanda Seyfried <laughs> does. I loved her in, in this one as well. Um, Megan Fox, I actually, yeah, I didn't hate Megan Fox being in it, but she did a good job making you hate her, <laughs> the character, um, which I think she was acting. I don't think she's, maybe she is like that. Maybe she is a bad actress and just being herself, who knows? Um, but no, I enjoyed that. And like Eric mentioned, this had a lot of different people pop popping up, like people who are not yet huge stars that are now, or people that were stars, like Amy Sedaris was in there. Chris Pratt, 
you know, pre-super mega A-star Chris Pratt was in there for like a minute as a cop. And that was one odd thing is like they introduced him. He was there and then you never see him again, even though like they mentioned him later. Like she's like, oh, I have it in with the cops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was like, that's kind of weird. Because I think Chris Pratt had already been doing a few movies at that time. I think he was in Bride Wars and some other stuff. Um, but anyway, so I found that kind of interesting. Uh, J.K. Simmons, like we said, pre-Oscar nominated J.K. Simmons. So yeah, so I thought the movie was definitely, it was fun. It was interesting. It was it's interesting, Eric, you said that it wasn't necessarily made to have been a horror movie. So it's like, what kind of movie was it supposed to be? I mean, I know it's supposed to be a horror comedy, but horror is still a part of it. Like, what does Diablo Cody think when you're ripping people apart and eating their intestines and stuff? Like, that's not a romantic comedy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so horror been a little delusional when she was trying to say it's not a horror movie. Um, but uh, overall, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think the story was interesting because, like Shelley mentioned, it was loosely based on a true story. And Amanda Seyfried's character, you know, in the beginning is in jail or a mental institution. And let me just say, I love when she drop kicked that woman in the face. I was not expecting that moment. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I just went, whoa, while watching it. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and if she did that stunt herself, that was really good. <laughs> but um i uh but, but her, with her being in there you know technically speaking she's the only one alive that says these things happened this way so maybe she was crazy and maybe none of this actually you know she thought it all up and maybe jennifer did maybe she did the killings who knows maybe jennifer did snap and do the killings but maybe she wasn't possessed by a demon and maybe she didn't eat these things who knows but um so it was interesting that it could have you can kind of think of it one way or the other. If it's not a horror movie, meaning there's no supernatural demonic possession involved, then maybe it was all in Amanda Seyfried's head. Who knows? Um, the lesbian stuff. Yes, I was like, oh, they're doing their version of wild things. You know, they want to get people to talk about it and make it that iconic moment. Like people still talk about Denise Richards and Ev Campbell, you know, in the pool in that movie. Um, but in this, I don't know about you guys, but I felt throughout the movie that uh, Jennifer and uh, Megan Fox's character had a thing for Amanda Seyfried. I got a huge lesbian vibe from her. I'm not a lesbian, but I still felt like I got this lesbian vibe uh, from her and that she was jealous of Amanda Seyfried's boyfriend and she was into Amanda Seyfried. Um, I, got, I got a little bit of a vibe from both of them. And I think they kept it very subtle, but they mentioned things like you know, there was that comment in the bedroom after the kiss where Megan Fox says, where Jennifer says uh, to Needy, we could play boyfriend or girlfriend like we used to. It seems like there's been a long history. Yeah, I was wondering about the flirtation too. between them. But related to that, you were saying like, well, who knows if any of this really happened or Amanda Seyfried's just an insane person who imagined all of this and maybe did some terrible things because she was imagining these things. Uh, but it's possible. I mean, one of the readings of this could be that it's, it's very, it's, it's supposed to be metaphor, which is maybe why Diablo Cody, like on the page said, Oh, I wasn't writing a horror movie, but you know, when you see it on screen, it, it kind of becomes one anyway, no matter what you wanted, but maybe her interpretation was, this is all about uh, metaphor. Uh, for instance, like the the complicated relationships that that girlfriends who are very very close for many many years have, which 
might involve a little confusing affection, especially when you're in the middle of your, you know, adolescence and hormones are running wild, which would include a lot of insecurities and, um, you know, uh, judgments and backstabbing and, you know, stealing your boyfriend just because you are insecure, you know, this kinds of stuff. Um, the, even, even the killings and things like that, you could read them as sort of like the damage that we do to each other uh, in our adolescence when we're not mature enough to deal with things and, you know, we don't understand that we're hurting people possibly. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah, so it's, I, I found that interesting that you could take it one way or the other with it. Or maybe Jennifer, well, I was going to say, maybe it was in Jennifer's mind that she was possessed and she needed to kill people. And Amanda Seyfried really was like, I need to stop her. But Amanda Seyfried saw her hover. So something was going on. Um, But uh, yes, I mean, that was my thoughts overall with it. Um, I really enjoyed, like Shelly, I think you were saying with the ending, how she breaks out and goes and hunts them down. And, you know, they think they're good to go and they're now rich and famous and living the life that they wanted. But, you know, they got what they deserved at the end. You can also read that as that band was obviously very very toxically male, right? The way yeah. they treated her, you know, what they did to become famous. They clearly don't really care much for women. They, have, they don't have much respect for them. Uh, and, and uh, you know, even that, that first, you know, one of those first scenes where they, they put Jennifer in the van and Amanda Seyfried just sort of watches it happen. It's sort of that moment that I'm sure a lot of girls have in their lives if they've known a victim of sexual assault that moment where they're like, I could have maybe said something then to help. I could have made sure she didn't go with these people. I knew there was a problem. Yeah. And But Amanda Seyfried didn't do anything, right? She just watched them go away with her. And then when Jennifer shows back up, she realizes, you know, something terrible did happen and there's no way to take it back now. Jennifer's gone. Jennifer's changed. Um, I forget where I was going with that. You were saying, oh, oh, I was about the guys being so terrible. Like, that's, you know, because uh, Ruth, I think, or maybe it was Takia mentioned, yeah, Takia maybe, about how this is a, a little unusual because it's very uh, female-centric. Uh, the two main characters are women. The the monster, if you want to call her that, is is a woman, the villain. Uh, and it's, it, it's sort of, the whole thing is kicked off by this terrible thing that men did to her. Yeah. Um, how much of, I know Megan Fox, her character is basically dead, even though the evil thing demon takes over her body but how much of it is still her in there because i i guess i was kind of confused i mean i know obviously she's still somewhat there because she knows what's going on but she takes more of an evil take on because she knows everybody but how much of the of her actual self do you think still in there it might be all of it right i mean because she was still into you could i mean i'm sorry she's possessed yeah like she's possessed but i think like megan fox is still in there um And so that's why, like, the feelings of her for Amanda Seyfried and that jealousy of guys that she's paying attention to and, you know, all, like, those men, everything is still there. Yeah, I think think they did have feelings for each other. Shelly, what were you thinking? I would disagree only because there's this part at the end, I think it was when she was about to kill her. She realized that she didn't like, she said, I, you're, you've been awful all along. Like, and then it flashed back to them as little girls and she's like, what did she do to her doll? She would steal her dolls. So I think maybe um, Jennifer had some feelings to her, but I think she ended up realizing like 
this was not a like a positive friendship in her. Good like, person. I think she finally realized that. Well, think of it this way. It's never, unlike with a lot of possession movies, it's it never seemed to be the demon talking. It was always Jennifer talking. Yeah. And and it never looked like a single moment where Jennifer was like fighting the fact that she was possessed. Like she was, she wasn't upset by it. She was kind of excited by it. She was like, I have this new power. I can do anything that I want. I'm not vulnerable anymore. I don't have to listen to anyone and nobody can stop me. I think she like created a symbiotic relationship with the demon that would, that stayed inside her and said, you know, I like this. And it was because she's never been exactly a nice person. She's never treated people right. well. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I found it was very interesting the sludge stuff that came out of like that she would throw up like yeah. how it would kind of move and spike up and stuff I was like waiting for that to form into something um, <laughs> yeah I was like what is that yeah um just to pick up on some things some people have said already I I know you said like you really liked Megan Fox in this because she she really played hateable well and of course like you you don't exactly like her but I actually I'm not a Megan Fox fan, not that I've seen a lot of things that she's been in, but I really enjoyed her here. I found her kind of charming, even when she was being an asshole. Uh, I don't know. There was just something very, you know, compelling about it. I thought she played it really well. She was almost like um, disturbingly cutesy at times, you yeah. know, when she's about to rip somebody's head off, just being kind of adorable. And it's like, it's, yeah. it's, it's really twisted, you know, but it plays really well. People with her looks and her body for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I um I also I thought it was a very funny movie. I I wrote in my notes that I it went by by the end of it I was like this was kind of like clueless as a horror movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but then just when we sat down today I thought oh it's a, it's actually a lot like Heather's because of the darkness. Yeah. Uh and the, a lot of the jokes actually remind me of Heather's when you know when she gets stabbed uh by Chip in the at the pool, the abandoned pool. And she pulls out the, she pulls out the harpoon or whatever it is, or the, the pool skimmer. And, and she says, do you have a tampon? He's like, what? He's like, I don't know. I just thought you might be plugging. And it's like, it's just such a weird thing to say when you've just been stabbed, but it's really funny. And it's, it's also kind of, I don't know, a slang way to say it. I thought you might, you thought you might've been plugging. Um, and it's also, she's almost, she's being a little bit of a bitch again. She's like saying, you look, you're acting like you're on your, your period, Amanda, you know, needy, because you're being such a bitch to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there were a lot of moments like that where somebody said something. I was like, that's hysterical. Do you remember when um, another line, I mean, it's a really, this is very dark humor, but she's telling, I think she's telling Chip about what happened to Jennifer and, and Chip says, well, did you get the make and model of the car? Like, what was it? She's like, I don't know, an 89 rapist? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and I didn't really picture a car that was literally like a 1989 rapist. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a car out there that would be perfect for those people, but <laughs> more of a van. A van. Yeah, a, a white nondescript van, but a lot of very, very smart, I mean, very Juno-esque writing throughout. Um, but again, it is a little weird because of all the terrible things happening um, that it was so light with it was so flippant with the subject matter you know yeah well at the end too megan fox had that funny thing well when amanda said something like i thought you only killed boys and she's like now i get both ways i, I go both ways <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah so again uh i was went back to it when she got 
went into the van. Did she, did she drink something before then and then got her, or was she already like traumatized from like what happened? To, like, how were they able to get in her van and she was all, um, you know, out of it, spaced out? She did she got under a spell. Drink something. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. yeah, she seems like she was under a spell. Maybe something happens. Maybe it was part of the unrated version for how you can tell us, but uh, somebody asked earlier, how did the fire happen? Maybe when the band decided they were going to target her, the sort of otherworldly powers surrounding them set the fire, put her under a spell so that it would be a lot, very, very easy for them to abscond with her without anyone knowing. And people would just, if she was dead, people would just assume she died in the fire or something. Hmm. It was all yeah, they didn't show, that, that was not in the unrated version. No, but, so, okay. but she, they gave her something to drink. So you don't think that was from that? That they, they put something vape rape in there or something to get her? They gave her something to drink. They probably put like a, something in there to disorder I mean, when they opened the door of the van, she did push her way out. It's just four to one, you know, like. Oh, yeah. yeah. She wasn't so out of it, but. That's weird. I think I missed person. them giving her a drink. That she, yeah. they, they did give her a drink. They did. They did. I remember she, she got the, she got the red. Yeah, what was the nine yeah, eleven? The nine eleven. I know. The nine eleven, red, white, and blue. But if you leave it oh. too long, it becomes brown. So that's why I was wondering why she said one of the towers is lower than the other. Oh my goodness. Oh, I didn't even think about that. She did say uh, that. She was going to have to fill it up. Oh my god. Oh. I just thought she was being cute. Like it's it's a tower because they were they were next to each other. I don't know. Okay, that's yeah, that's dark too. Yeah. <laughs> But then in the van, they gave her like whiskey or a brown liquid, a brown hmm. drink. So she, okay, so she was already out of it, like under the spell. Yeah, and, and then they kind of the, forced fed her that drink. And then she got out of the spell, out of the car, realizing that she's being kidnapped. And she got out of the spell that fast. I don't, I don't and then. I mean, anyway, she knew she, something was going on. And I, I don't know if she was necessarily under a spell. She could have just been like Shelly saying they gave her a drink. It could have just been repeat or something that yeah. was just causing her to be not as aware. And but she knew something was going on. So when the door opened, she tried to get out. She just couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And then getting back to the one-liners. I'm sorry, I was jumping around. You guys talked about the things that they, the funny, crazy things that they would, that she would say. And uh, you guys have any favorite um, one-liners that came out of her mouth or anyone else in the movie? I mean, I think you guys already know mine. About oh my gosh, she's flying. She's just hovering. <laughs> it's not that impressive. Yeah, like she's just hovering. It's not that impressive. <laughs> I, that was my favorite line of the whole thing. So I was like, oh, hello, hovering is very impressive. She's always <laughs> floating. Even that reminded me of a like, uh, you know, two girls friendship where one of them is considered the hot one. I imagine like guys have said, oh my god, your friend Jennifer, she's so incredible, and and I'm sure her reaction would be, Ugh. she just wears makeup or you know it's a padded bra don't get so excited you know something like that to take her down a little bit to say she's not that much more impressive than than anyone else <laughs> but to shelly's point i completely agree it's annoying that just because she wore glasses and had her hair in a ponytail <laughs> i disagree i disagree i actually because normally that really really bothers me fahad you can attest to this i've said it a million times you're like i just watched this thing there's apparently this nerd, like a, usually it's like a nerdy boy. And I'm like, but he is freaking gorgeous. And that makes me feel bad as an actual nerd that they're saying he's not good enough for the popular people. But I actually disagreed in this case. I thought Amanda Seyfried, it, I think she's a, one of the few people who, if you dress her down, she doesn't look that 
exciting or interesting. But obviously, if she gets dolled up for a red carpet, she's absolutely gorgeous. But, you know, I think she looks more like a regular person. I could totally see in high school that for whatever reason, people would just not give her the time of day compared to other girls. But it's weird, though, right? Because I think her hair, she's I think she's beautiful. And with her best friend being Megan Fox, Megan obviously wants her to dress but like she's like try wearing something cute like do this and that so like you think that she'd help her no do you remember the rules though i uh, know uh, it can't be as cute or cuter than hers it has to be she said she said she, oh, she can't show the cleavage says wear something cute I don't find that is no cleavage yeah <laughs> nothing too flashy that would distract from jennifer because she knows amanda Seyfried's cuter well i think obviously <laughs> the, nobody i went to high school nobody looked like megan fox <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I agree. Oh, I look like that. I did at the time, right? There were there were people we thought at the time were like, oh, they're just so attractive, and then you move away and you realize that was a small pond. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think even the filmmakers wanted to make sure that they distracted from whatever you would might call Amanda Seyfried's natural beauty, because I don't know what else explains that horrible prom dress at the end. It's like, oh yeah, that was bad. It's, two, it's 2009. <laughs> Why did you go to a store and pick that? <laughs> yeah, I was and saying, I've noted that before we went off the, went off the, the page here. I thought maybe it was but, like an 80s prom, like, you know, a theme. Yeah. The point, so, it definitely looked costumey and not, you know, elegant. But her boyfriend thought she was beautiful. That's what matters. And I, then I, she laughed, I laughed when he said that, though. When he said, you look sexy in that dress. I was like, I know. I'm dressed well, as Trip. So I've got the red bow tie. I've got my, my pink massage. She had a scarf like this. And I've been eaten. I like that because I was there. Yeah, because those two women most of the time, I was like, are you going to wear like a woman's dress or something? Or like one of the, or like what she's wearing behind you. And then I realized, oh, you have things to work with, with the it dance. It wouldn't be the first time I'd, I'd worn a woman's dress. So. I know. I don't you remember to do that. Yeah. So, to, don't you remember the kindergarten teacher? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mary, maybe as a wife, she had that dress on, as you say, like, they tried to portray her as a nerd again. And like everyone else is modern looking with their gowns. I mean, like. I wonder what was up with that. Maybe. I don't know. It's probably just to show, yeah, she has no sense of style. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Or she's not allowed to. Yeah, she's not allowed to. She's been so put down by Megan or Jennifer. I keep on saying Megan Fox's character, and I'm like, obviously, I know her name, Jennifer. The name <laughs> of the movie. Um, and poor Amanda Seyfried has to deal with a nickname called Needy. It's like know, actually the needy one is like, Jennifer. Yeah, she I to be adored. <laughs> name though i like that needy that's a cute name <laughs> although here's another clue she had two nicknames right needy lesnicky they they would they Les altered her last name to sound more like lesbian oh that's interesting so uh <laughs> yeah and you could tell i'm sure jennifer started the nickname needy and said no no it's just short for anita it's it's needy but she, jennifer knows what it sounds like it sounds like you're a needy person mm -hmm. that's but what I'm, I'm sure anita let it go <laughs> in the opening after she when she after the insane asylum mental institution where it's now amanda Seyfried's telling us about oh and that's my best friend and they're showing megan fox out there cheerleading and she's like and that's me and you see this frumpy girl i was like in my mind i was like is she making all that up she can't be best friends with her and i thought it was just going to be some the story was going to be like they don't even know each other but she's made up in her mind she's their best friend but then when megan fox goes up to her at the lockers i was like Oh, they are best friends. Okay. <laughs> really strange. I know they're childhood friends, but it yeah, is. That's what I 
I was say you could be, I would, you know, have best friends from when you're little all the way up. Yeah, but they really stayed friends. And usually in those movies and TV shows, you see those types of characters splitting apart, as, especially as they get to end of middle school and high school. Like the yeah. Megan Fox character goes with other people like her and Amanda Seyfried's character gets left behind. Yeah. Although, I mean, I don't know if it happens as much in real life. I mean, not thinking about it now, I might, I might have been guilty of doing this once or twice, but I think there are people who will keep a friend around and want to go out with them a lot if they know they look better or think they look better in comparison to that person so that they have like a wingman that's not ever going to compete with them, um, yeah. especially if you're an insecure person. <laughs> but I also, at least in movies... Yeah, I, at least in movies. I mean, aren't all teenage girls, in, in, even the really gorgeous ones, insecure, insecure. about it? Yeah. Um, so even Jennifer was probably insecure enough to do that, to keep that friend along so that she would, wouldn't have to compete with someone else and would always look good in comparison. But I think, I think so. there's also, at least in movies, uh, I, I've definitely seen a trope where like a group of popular people will have that one friend who's like the goody-goody and probably a virgin. And they're still like okay looking, but it's definitely the one they always have, especially in old horror movies, the one they have to convince yeah. to drink or, you know, come do this prank with us. And then of course it always goes wrong. And then it, that, that the goody goody is the one who is the only one who survives probably. Um, so it's definitely, I guess it's not unheard of, but in a high school drama, it, it did seem a little weird that they would still be friends. Yeah. I keep killing the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, come on, guys. <laughs> Things to think about. Yes. Um, how cute was Kyle Gallner? You guys don't yeah, know his name. Cute. Okay. He he was the gothy. He wasn't even really goth, but the the, the he looked like Billy Joe Armstrong. Like he so nice. hard, he did. He's really nice. He's he's the one that, everyone at once. I, <laughs> I think he seemed really nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah he seemed really nice. He was so he's baby. Yeah, I could do this too, but I guess I'll say, but he's the one who was, she would ask him out and he just told me he wanted to go to the Mocking Horror Picture Show with them. And then she, she said, Oh, it was a boxing movie. So I thought it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was funny too. <laughs> yeah, I want to get that little in. And you know, I know he's a high school boy, but as soon as she said that, I was like, You still want to go out with her? No, I know. I, yeah, I know. I don't. Dumb and embarrassing. And she clearly doesn't care about anything you care about. So, no. what is the point? Which, but also could be part of that. Thing that she could be giving off as a demon right like that alluring kind of you know she could say anything to him and he doesn't care it's just he's enchanted well, he was, was, yeah go ahead you know he had like that gut feeling she was in some going toward he was going towards like some abandoned area and you know his gut told him not to go in there but he went in anyway so i guess that was part of her alluring too yeah he did it all for the nookie the what <laughs> the nookie he was <laughs> <laughs> he was on Walking Dead too. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, Kyle Gallner was on Walking Dead. Was he? he was, um, I don't know. A girl that our Beth's boyfriend or something for a little while, and they it was, it was the, the 30 days of no incident type. They, you know, in, in, the, in the prison. I guess if you watch Walking Dead, you wouldn't. We do. You know, I haven't seen that in a long time. He was yeah, Beth's yeah. boyfriend in the prison. I think, or was it was one of the, the side friends one, but he was one of the, the prison people in there. Oh. And they went to the, the, and he died in the grocery store when all the demons, all the zombies came. Falling oh, down the stairs. So, yeah. Mm. Oh, cool. oh, I, I remember. Oh. Pika, you saw him recently in the cleansing hour. That Ooh! was the producer. That's yeah. Where I last. yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. Yeah, I just remember him from, wasn't he in the remake of wow. Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. Yes, okay. 
So he has a he has a lot of horror cred. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which one was the cleansing hour? You, I don't think you watched it, Fahad. Um, okay. That the, this uh, fake priest does a, a YouTube reality web series okay. where he exercises people, but it's all fake. But then he meets a real demon and shit hits. Uh, the nope. it, was pretty, it was pretty cool. It was pretty interesting. Um, what else? I like the quote about when, when she was talking about being socially relevant, and uh, Needy said, "Yeah, you're." I, Jennifer said, I'm still socially re- relevant. I wrote, I wrote this stuff. And then he says, when you don't, yeah, when you didn't need laxative to stay skinny. That was crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let her have it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, the one-liners were really, yeah, some of them were inappropriate, especially the one you mentioned, like, but the special ed and all, but the, some of the other ones were, 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 were clever and weird. So I, I, this is the movie of one-liners that, I, that yeah, that, that was really- I um, wanted to say about that too, that I, I might disagree at least in my high school, I think people really did talk like that. They were, you know, especially teenagers, middle schoolers, high schoolers. They, I mean, you guys went to a lovely private school. Um, <laughs> you, you, all came, you all came from nice families, but at regular, you know, small town public school, people had I, I, terrible I, mouths I, and they were very hateful and not at all politically correct. Oh, I, I thought you meant having witty, uh, clever one-liners. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the comment about like how teenagers so, so like, speak to each other. I uh, think that I, it was actually very true. I Shall understand we? that, but I don't like it at all. Like to put it in the movie, like I get sure, maybe sure. talk about that, but kids also say horrible racial slurs, and I don't think that would have been appropriate in the movie. So it like really um, bothers. Isn't me. it? Isn't it more honest? I, I feel more like, realistic. I don't but, know. But, I mean, I also, I mean, because my, like I said, my interpretation, part, part of my interpretation of the film is that it's about the the damage we do to each other. Um, so everyone in the movie is kind of a little hateful to each, or a lot of the characters are not very nice to each other. Um, they're not very understanding or compassionate. I, so think it's done worse I feel like now. it worked for me for that sense. I think it's gotten a little worse now too. But I subbed three, three years ago before I taught in in the public schools. And they are pretty, they can be pretty brutal to each other. Where I had to step in and like, yeah. Sure. And as less of it, some of it would be. Like, I just, just didn't like. It. I I, I, don't don't, know, I, I don't like it. I just, yeah, I understand. I don't agree with it either. But yeah, but, but it's, unfortunately, the kids are 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 can be disgusting like that. You're talking, you know, saying the R word stuff and yeah. So. It's unfortunate. To, to agree to agree in one instance, there was a, a line that made me cringe. It's it was like Chris Pratt's only line in the bar where he says they look like Fagos. He's trying to say like he's saying like, yeah. and and I was like, oh, I mean, especially coming out of his mouth, I was like, I do not like that. This guy's terrible. Yeah. I'm glad he died immediately, so <laughs> he's gone. But but yeah, I I was a little surprised at that. That happens a lot when I go back and watch classic horror but- movies. So people are dropping, you know, the word. F- homo constantly but i was a little right. shocked 2009 but i mean they, i think they were making a point about the kind of person or the kind of people he, these were and that's the same thing as the r word right yeah it's like those are things that shouldn't be said and it makes everybody cringe when you hear those still being said and it's just crazy like to think that yeah that was 2009 hopefully like shelly i think you were saying hopefully we as a society have grown out of that kind of vocabulary but it sounds like to you're saying they still even use See, I would have thought that people know not to use the R word like that. To me, I'm surprised that kids still use that as an insult. Yeah. Kids are kind of like moralists now. I, I'm, we don't have to discuss their whole conversation there, but it, it's it's really nothing's being taught at home anymore or anything. Yeah. So it, it, that's, yeah, I, I, I hear in the malls and stuff, and it's just, yeah, it's just it's disappointing. 
Yeah. But oh, I want to ask, um, just like the R word, you guys, if you guys hear it like in a movie, do you guys, does it trigger you or like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's an obvious question, but do you guys get like, uh, why are we saying this still? Like, well, I don't really hear it anymore unless there's okay. a point to it. Like it, 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 the character is the kind of person they're, like, they're making this character a villain, then they yeah. might say something terrible like that. And that's part of the point, right? Yeah. Um, so that's part of the story. But you know, if I, I, I've always said like, I will, any movie before, any movie at least before 1990, I just kind of mm -hmm. give a pass to if they do something terrible, not just that word, but other okay. things like okay. if the sexual politics are a little icky or, you know, uh, other things are going on. I just give it a pass because before 1990, I don't know, this, it wasn't really part of the conversation. We weren't really, you know, you could, argue, you could argue that they didn't know that it was wrong, but I feel like once, yeah. once you get after 1990, I start feeling like, uh, they kind of should have known better, especially when you get past the 2000s. Like you really should have known better at this point. This is not okay to include just like an off the cuff remark like that if it doesn't have anything to do with the story. Yeah, like I feel like people are very careful in this day and age, even back in the early 2000s, of when they are okay putting in the N-word. And I feel like they need to have that same kind of scrutiny over these other words as well, because one is not less damaging than the other, and they all need to be treated with that kind of, you know, kid gloves. Like, you can't just use it. So, like, in the way that it was used in this movie might not have necessarily even been needed to really drive the story. Like, yeah, Chris Pratt might have been a jerk. You're happy he died, but that wasn't the only reason, like, you know, that you could portray him as a jerk or the person who said the R word. Whereas I feel like in movies, a lot of times when they say the N word, there's a very pointed reason why they're having them say that. Um, and I think that is how it should be done across the board and not necessarily for shock value, never. You know, it should not be done for shock value or just in a very just careless kind of manner. Like it needs to be a specific part of the story for a reason. And I don't know necessarily in this movie that there was a reason for either of those to drive the say, story. Could have, it could have been in any other reasons for hating the characters or disliking them. Like you mentioned, Fahad, I think now even more so people are like pretty much banning words now. It's so like you said, I, I think people are even more careful now what they say and with different, uh, some everything, almost to the, like we said before, almost to the point where, you know, they'll censor you or do this or that. Like you can't, yeah. So I, I think even more so now we're careful with, with the words we say. Uh, I think half, it's more so that half of the world, half of this country is more careful with what they say now. The other half we is should be more careful with certain words and what's said. I do think at times things are taking a little to the extreme. Um, that, that's on me. Extreme way now. Extreme, but I'm talking about there's certain words that you just, regardless yeah. of what side of the political divide oh, you're on, regardless of anything, yeah. like, nobody should be Agreed. nobody should be just. Uh, you know, throwing out the N-word, the F-word, the R-word, anything like that. In any case whatsoever, regardless, Republican, Democrat, Independent, nothing, religious, agnostic, atheist, who, whatever. Like, there's certain things you don't. And... Ahad, I'm offended you didn't mention the, like, dozens of other words you could have just said. Um, <laughs> you missed that? That is... Come on now. You need to be inclusive. In the uh, context of this movie... What about all the other slurs? In the context of this movie... The F word and R word matter. And they're <laughs> the ones that need defending. So they are the ones that matters right now. 
I will not sit here and listen to you say all words matter because these are the words I am specifically defending. Well, some words are worse than others. I think, you know, this movie could have used the N-word, but didn't because that wasn't, that was like a step too far. I think, you know, I cringed when he used a, a variation of the F-word, but uh, I also sort of immediately understood, you know, this wasn't like a character, this wasn't a character I was supposed to like, which is good because that's happened in in older movies. A character that you actually are supposed to like will, will drop a word like that and you're like, oh, and I'm just supposed to let that skate and he's like the hero like or, you know, the hero's best friend. Like, that's not cool. But at least, at least in this case, it, you know, it wasn't like Kyle Gallner's character or Chip or anyone else that was, you know, one of the victims. <laughs> they, they weren't casually throwing these things around right right but i think he could have said something that gave off the same hatred with maybe a, maybe he could have said oh they look like a bunch of fairies or yeah, something yeah. he definitely you know I mean, he, he he did put a variation on the word though so it's not he like did but it was totally a very, very close like if you weren't listening to the way he said it you heard the other word yeah yeah um so i wanted to ask there are a lot of things i feel like i'm going to be unpacking this movie for a while and i may have to watch it i don't usually repeat but we don't usually i don't usually uh repeat uh movies anymore but i might have to give this one a watch sometime in the future because there were a lot of little things little decisions that were made or big decisions and i was kind of like i don't i don't actually know what the purpose of that was and it makes me feel kind of dumb, but I mean, to give you an example, I thought it was very weird that there was a completely abandoned, like apocalyptically overgrown uh, swimming pool, swimming pool on campus uh, <laughs> that the final scenes took place in. And I just wondered, is, the, is there some kind of meaning there? Uh, because it's a very strange setting to choose. And of course it took, I mean, it must've been expensive to get the art department to put that together. Uh, and it's a very interesting place to have it, but what is the reasoning there? And, and, and that was one example. Um, uh, now I'm drawing a blank, but uh, I, there were other moments where I was like, you know, that makes the movie more fun, but is there a reason? Cause it seems like a, 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 a lot of effort to go through or, or a weird thing to include if there wasn't like a statement made about it. Hmm. I don't know if you can think of anything else, but uh, do you have any opinions on the swimming pool? Like, does it, could it have a meaning or? I like, the, I just thought it was something cool, different and mysterious that fit with a horror movie because I saw Stranger Things did that, that the whole thing with the pool and the let let the let the right ones in. That was another like vampire movie. Um I don't know if you guys don't remember that from me a few years ago. They had yes. seen a swimming pool too. Yeah, you did, yes. So it was like fine. So I I I just for me I look at it differently. I look at it as like an artsy form of the final horror events taking place. Cause I can see an abandoned pool sitting somewhere and no one did anything, no no one tore down. They also, um, I was looking at something about abandoned areas where the Olympics used to take place and they all look like that. They, it was some random thing online. I, I look at random stuff and um, they were showing these places where they had the Olympics and, and all those pools and the, um, the areas where they went did the ski stuff. Those are areas around the world that they had Olympics and they are now abandoned and they look like, like that. For all the, the Olympic ghost towns, yeah. Yes, the ghost town. So I think this worked really well. I, I like like, that everything doesn't have to happen in a house or a what you know the final scene doesn't have to happen in the woods or a house put it in a, a pool and keep those it's, it's a really cool original idea i think it's creative. well it's my point is i guess that um it's a little expensive i think oh. um it, it, so you know i feel like they wouldn't choose to do it 
or the you know the script the script writer wouldn't choose to to place something there if there wasn't a point. My, right. my point is, I think it could have just been an abandoned pool, but the, it seemed like they took a lot of time and money to put all that overgrowth on it, and it looked almost fairy tale like, like she was, I don't know, an Alice like an Alice in Wonderland situation crawling in there, or you know Rapunzel, I don't know, something like that. It just seemed otherworldly almost, like it wasn't part of the real sets in the rest of town. It was. Oh some other crazy place that she was going to. And, and um, if so, it feels like it means something different. Okay. But maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way with the, um, yeah, but like a you fairy tale, like a, yeah. I, think I just think it's, yeah, it's fun like discussing because everybody has their own like interpretation of the stuff too, which I like to hear about that too. Well, how did you, so how did you all, cause I'm sure you noticed this, how did you interpret the devil's kettle uh, story arc, the actual, you know, the waterfall. Oh, but the hole was that even really? They threw the knife down there, but huh. did you see what happened at the end? That was the same knife that killed the killed the. Um... Remember, they said um, the scientist had thrown a, a million things down there, and they have no idea where it goes; and it just disappears. But then she's walking down the road at the end of the movie after breaking out of prison asylum, <laughs> whatever that place was. And she, and she sees this like water runoff full of those uh, scientists uh, oh, yeah, yeah. and the knife that her, that Jennifer's killers had thrown in there at the beginning. So, I mean, my interpretation, I mean, again, that's something I want to unpack more myself later, but my initial interpretation was it's something about like what goes around comes around. Even if you think you're just saying hurtful things or doing hurtful things into a void and it's never going to kind of come back to you it bubbles up somewhere and then it comes back to bite you in the ass. So the same knife they kill Jennifer with, they now get murdered with. It's karma. What goes around <laughs> went through a long way, but came back around. Yeah. Goes around and around and around and around and in comes back out. Yeah. Yeah. Any oh. other thoughts before we move on to the recast? Okay. Well, it's that time of the night uh, where we're going to do recast. Eric. Recast. <laughs> so for recast, what we like to do is we each take a turn and we pick a character or characters from the movie that we would cast with somebody else. Um, it means nothing around the person who is currently playing the part. It doesn't mean they did a bad job or anything. It's just, do we feel like that somebody else could bring a different vibe? Maybe they look like the character or might have portrayed the character in a different way somebody that could have been fun in the role you know we just want to get a feel for what somebody else could have done um so we'll go around in the order i see everybody and you can give your recast um so the first person is ruth um i kept on just thinking of um mean girls and wondering what it would have been like if rachel mcadams was in it because it made me think of about certain types of things they said made me think about like how she can't wear certain things like you can't sit with us kind of stuff like that i don't know either her or like um what's her face Who would you put her in in whose role would you um i would say it i would say somewhat of megan fox's character but they don't she's really pretty but they don't have the same kind of like i guess you could I don't want to say this is bad because I think they're very attractive. The same kind of sex appeal that they're trying to portray her as, I guess. Um, but as far as I think it would be funny to kind of see how that would end up. But then at the same time, you don't want it to be two of the same 
as before, but I, it did make me think of the, the mean girls type situation. Thank you, Ruth. Yeah. Shelly, you're next. Um, I want to recast Needy. I want her, I want to put um, Beverly Mitchell in her role. Who's that? Give her the more, well, she was yeah. seven. Kind of, I think that would have been a better vibe. She is she more nerdy in your opinion? <laughs> yes, she's more nerdy. More real nerdy. <laughs> oh, thank you, Shelly. Takia. Seventh Heaven. Yeah, Seventh Heaven. Let me make sure I remember who it was. Okay. I was thinking about uh, Scarlett Johansson in the role of Needy with glasses on. She looks like she could be um, a nerd, and it like in the nerds with glasses all the way last a bit. She could be like that that position of Needy, and then um. The badass she was in the prison. I could see her doing both those things. But she, she does. She plays those characters, those fun characters in the X Men movies, and then she plays these are good Oscar movies. She's, she's pretty versatile, as she's already he's already seen over the course of years. You watching her movies? Um, yeah, I can see her. In, yeah, being prison badass and and um, nerd. So that's what I thought about. I can, see, I can see that too, especially in yeah. her days when she was yeah. that age. She wasn't really like the bombshell that she's considered now. Exactly. She was a little goofy looking. <laughs> and so she, I definitely could see her being that, yeah, the nerdy best friend yeah. who kicks ass later. That's good. Eric? Me? Um, I, so I wanted to get recast Chip, uh, Needy's boyfriend. I liked the kid. He was very cute. But he sort of just laid there on screen for me a little bit. He kind of, I don't know, wasn't much going on, I think. Um, so I wanted to recast him with, I had two options. The first one is Asa Butterfield from oh, uh, Sex Ed, Sex yes. Education. I think about that. Yeah. R- Ruth, you watched that, right? I did too. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't, but she's not reacting. Sure. <laughs> oh, I, I, I have to look it up. <laughs> He's the lead in sex education. Oh, he is. Let me look at yeah. it. Uh, the other option was, I don't know if you know him, but his name is Patrick Fugit. Um, yes, yes. It would have to be him when he's younger, but he's uh, he was the the boyfriend, the new boyfriend in Saved. Did you ever see that movie with Mandy Moore and Jenna Malone? I didn't, but name another movie of him. I know his name. I think I've seen him like a million times before. Um, wasn't he in, oh, is he the boy in Almost Famous? I didn't see that either. He, also had a, he had a series that was on uh, Showtime for two seasons. I was really upset it was called Outcast. I didn't It's from the same creators as Walking Dead. But anyway, I think he also would have given the character, uh, I could totally see him have chemistry with Amanda Seyfried, but his character would have a little more depth. And uh, oh! I think either way, I would have been more sad to see either of them eaten by Jennifer than I was by this kid. <laughs> He was yeah. in um, White Oleander. I don't know if any guys saw that movie, but if you have it, let me know that. Okay, I'm glad you did. Which one? <laughs> White uh, Oleander. Del Pfeiffer. The girl that Allison something really awesome actress. She's not. She hasn't been around in a while, but um, yeah, he played the a boyfriend as well in the movie. So cool. anyway, <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Um, so for me, I decided to. I was contemplating. What if we set this movie back in the 80s, the 90s, but I just couldn't land on the two leads. So I decided, what if we decided to make it now? Uh, so if we were to make it now, 
I would want the role of Amanda Seyfried. So still be kind of dorky, but a little bit more tough, like have a tougher shell um, and give off more of that lesbian vibe. Cause I think that would be interesting. So, yeah. um, but then also on the Jennifer's character, I still wanted that sexy bombshell kind of person that is out there right now that people consider as like the sexy person. So for Jennifer, I would have done Bella Thorne. And for Needy, I would have done Vex Taylor Klaus because I just like her a lot and I want her in every horror movie I see. Okay. Um, and I think they would have played up a very interesting friendship with definitely a lesbian undertone there where Vex is that dorky kind of nerdy character, but she has to slowly get stronger and defend herself against Bella Thorne. The, I thought you were going to say Samara Weaving yeah. for, for Jennifer. Uh, like, no. Oh my God, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't go that way. Um, but also, they were together in the Screen TV series. Oh, yeah. Even though Bella was, well, spoiler alert, not really in it much. <laughs> they were best. No, they, well, no, they, no, they weren't friends at all. Never mind. No, yeah. Bella Thorne's character, I think, was best friends with Emma's character, right? Okay, who's then maybe. Best yeah. yeah, I think I can't remember fully. I have to rewatch it. Yeah. So it's worth a rewatch. If you guys haven't seen it, Scream, the first two seasons are really good. The third season... We liked three, too. Was, I was going to say, the third season was good, but not really good as the first two. And there was a one-off special, right? Uh, where mm-hmm. they went to that, like, seaside or lake Yeah, summer. it was How like, I still know what you did last summer, you know? It's like, yeah. But yeah, so that's my recast. Um, so are there any final thoughts or anything before we move on to the ratings? Y'all gonna help me think of somebody else that would have done a better um, lead singer guy. Better than Adam Brody? Yeah, someone more badass. Like, I feel like it should have been a little bit more. I kind of like that they had a nerdy kind of lead singer that was a bit of a dork because it's like, that's, sure. you know, nerdy. And I, thought, I thought he was salty. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's salty to her. I did like that moment where Jennifer is, she's not yet attacking Ship, but um, she's seducing him and she says, You're so salty. And he's like, um, You're salty. <laughs> he's like what the hell are you talking about yeah all right okay let's go to the ratings eric if you want to bring it up i did and everybody open up your um your chat yeah open up your chat and type in your ratings again it's zero to five and you can do quarters and then just put your thumbs up like this like i have on my screen when you're ready for your with your score but don't hit enter uh, I'm going to count backwards from three and on zero, hit enter. Three, two, one, zero. <laughs> oh, Fahad and I match. Ooh. <laughs> Actually, uh, oh, yeah. wow. Somebody you copied me, but whatever. On my chat, it's entered first. So, <laughs> um, um, Shelly, while Eric's doing that, do you want to read the numbers to me? Darn. 
Um, but it's still a three and above. I don't think we've had any movie below a three, have we? Yeah, I don't think. So that's good. I mean, three is a good score. Um, cool. So we've given this one a score. Awesome. Uh, so with that, we'll now move on to Takia debuting next week's movie for us. Takia, over to you. Awesome. Um, so next week's movie is an independent film called Cuties. Um, this was had a little bit of a uh, controversy because I feel like people initially saw little preteen girls shaking their tushies and, oh, you know, you're sexualizing them. Well, I wanted to see what was going on with myself and it's actually a little more to it than just, that's the part, big part of the sexualization of girls, but there's a little more to it as well. I will say, um, of course, Cam starts crying right then, right now, I talk. Um, um, I will say it's the idea of traditional customs and culture versus uh, social pop culture and trying to fit into those two themes, those two ideas there. So that's what, that's all I will say on that. So keep that in mind as you watch this movie. So, um, yeah, it's actually a French, uh, foreign French films. We got it's, it's one with subtitles, and um, yeah, I think that yeah, it's funny. It's another um, female-related uh, movie with young girls, but um, hope you guys will, you know, get something out of it and have a good discussion with it next week. So yeah, it's on Netflix. I try to find movies on Netflix as much as possible because that's the easiest thing. It seems like everyone has. So yeah, because I don't have a like Hulu and all this other stuff. So. Yep. So Takia, you are continuing continuing us down that route of scary movies, right? This is not scary at all. Because <laughs> we had parallel, we had oh, real oh, Joe, yeah. Jennifer's body, and yeah, at first I thought you said cooties, which was a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. But you meant cuties. Mignon. Mignon, yes. Yeah. I didn't realize it was French. That's interesting. I didn't either. Yeah. I remember uh, when it was coming out, Takia, you were like, did you guys hear about this movie about these teen girls and they're all twerking and stuff? And you were buying into the controversy. <laughs> yeah. But then you're like, okay, maybe I'll watch it and see if it's as bad as everybody's saying. Um, I remember well, that, that was but that's also the reason why it's really important to uh yeah, not just look at a sound bite, but investigate that sound exactly. bite. Exactly. No, no, and I like that, that Very you watched true. it to see what the hype was and if it's as bad yeah. as people said. Yes. And after that, I didn't jump into on sound bites anymore. I, I invested after that, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like me with uh, steak. I was always oh, about having well done steak. I have to have it well done. But the minute <laughs> I tried rare steak, I was like, oh my God. You know, it opened my mind. I'm like, I can't just do well done steak anymore. So like you, like I can't listen to sound bites anymore. Once you realize, like, you need to actually give it a chance. You can relate anything to food, can't you? Of course. <laughs> well, food, food is too. the most important thing in the world, other than water and air. Personally, <laughs> love. I thought love made the world go around. You can survive without love. <gasps> Nobody lives without love. Mazzy Star, Batman Forever soundtrack. Boom! <laughs> Mic drop. I cool. love that was my middle school soundtrack there. <laughs> that takes us all the way back to um, our very first movie, 
Ingrid Goes West, remember? That was all about yes. the Batman soundtrack. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was not middle school for you, Takiya. <laughs> what? The, uh, that was 97. Batman Forever was 97. Oh, I know, I know. Star was 94, though. Which was, like, it was like eighth grade, I think. Uh, um, Batman Forever was 95, I think. I think Batman and um, Robin was 97. I thought, oh, Batman and Robin was 97, yeah. I know. I, I took a Madison Star in general when she first came out. Because oh. Fade Into You was popular. Fade Into You. That's the one I was referring to. Yeah, just in general. Oh, 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 oh. oh. <laughs> Happened. <laughs> oh, I'm going to mention one more thing about commentary for, for Jennifer's body. Um, uh, the, um, they were trying to get Fallout Boys. Um, I think Pete Wentz, is that Fallout Boy? No, is that yeah. shoot? Pete Wentz yeah. is Fallout Boy. Yeah. yeah, him and the other guy from Good Charlotte, they're trying to get them to be Adam Brody's character. And um, something something happened. They did actually always, they wanted someone that was, um, I guess, an actor trying to play the role of the rock star instead of an actual rock star. I think that's how he ended up getting the role. But they were looking into Pete Wentz and the uh, um, and Good Charlotte front man at first for that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Interesting. So there you go, Ruth. All right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody they, a little more bad at us. She did. I tried to say that. I was trying to say that, and then my my my, 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 mute, my, my mic was off. We don't already go on to the to the the ratings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember, but she had a Fallout Boy poster on her wall. Yes. Very, very oh, yes. Above her bed. <laughs> but also, sorry. But also the um, they did have somebody who was in the movie. I think in a minor role named Ryan Levine, and he's that one who, the person who actually wrote and sang that uh, benefit song from the fake band, the Through the Trees song. And I'm, I think I looked him up. I'm looking him up now. I, want, I just want to confirm it's the, it's the same person. I think he is in a band as well. So he's like a musician, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, oh, so he actually recorded as a band called Low Shoulder. Mm. Hear me. Oh, I'll say those are neon trees. That's a band, but you're not you're referring to something else, aren't you? No, the, the song in the movie was called Through the Trees. Remember oh, gotcha. the yeah. benefit song? That was yeah. written and performed uh, by somebody who actually appeared in the film, who actually oh, is gotcha. a musician. So the music that I think the band Low Shoulder was playing, it mm. it, it is a real band. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just going to say on the topic you were talking about before you went to there about posters, like the Fallout Boy poster, I was just going to say, she also, um, Needy had, was it an Evil Dead poster? She had like a horror movie okay. poster on her wall yeah. as well. So oh. I found that interesting that she was a horror movie fan. I love the soundtrack. It was, it was banging. I love the soundtrack. It had, it had all my, my people, my peeps. <laughs> Especially with Hole. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Boom. Boom. Pop Okay, and on that note, <laughs> okay, <laughs> have a good night, everybody, and we'll all see right. you all on Thursday. Bye bye. Bye.